0: Good afternoon, everybody. For those of you who are just joining, my name is Sarah and I'll be the moderator for today. Our topic today is Can viral videos drive targeted traffic to your website? Okay, I'd like to now introduce Dr. Flint McLaughlin, who will be leading this call. Okay, Sarah, thank you very much. And uh, we're going to get started right away. We have quite a bit of content to cover. I'll be joined by several of our key staff members, including Jalali Hartman who uh, oversaw and is currently overseeing a major video project with us. And uh, I think the topic's already been announced. We're talking about viral video. And there are millions of short video clips on the web produced both by professionals and amateurs. And the amateurs publish their video clips for fun and uh, notoriety. And the professionals produce and publish them in order to drive traffic to their websites and to sell more of their products or services. And We're familiar with this, and the phenomena with YouTube and uh, Google Video uh, has, uh, I think, captured everyone's attention. But there is a question on the minds of marketers, and that is, how do we ride this wave? What is it that we can do in order to take advantage of the video opportunity for the sake of our own marketing objectives and goals? Uh, Obviously, the television networks are deeply concerned. Uh, The Internet has moved into a new phase, and in that phase, it's finally truly able to deliver uh, uh, video-style entertainment. I think for a long time uh, there was people trying to use the Internet to do things for which it was not capable of doing, and we often were able to optimize processes, improve conversion uh, by reducing the complexity of the multimedia offering on the net, by simplifying, by eliminating, in many cases, Flash. Most of you recall in the early days Flash was you know, excited, and every designer wanted to use it, and most of the time it got in the way of conversion. And I think eventually people began to think about and discover how they could use it to do uh, tutorials and product samples to some extent with some success. But I often was able to achieve uh, improvements in results by cutting away the, the superfluous use of video and audio in the typical... Uh, over designed website. That is changing. In fact, some years ago, we foresaw this day was coming. I, I was on the Internet personally, and this isn't in my notes, but I'll just share it with you. Back in the days when it was Unix, I was typing in gopher strings and going to BBS and bulletin boards, and no one had ever heard of Netscape. And, of course, there was no Explorer uh, or online or Internet Explorer. and And really, everything changed, but I sensed in those days that the Internet was going to become a major distribution outlet. It's one of the reasons we eventually founded the lab. I thought that content would be essential. I thought that distribution would be essential. And so I actually uh, began to build capacities and conduct research in both areas. And we produced a lot of television programming uh, with CBS and Fox. And some of you may have seen on our website that we did work in with Danny Glover, who hosted a show called Extreme Courage, and Uh, We had a partnership with Don Johnson Productions and um, just different things that we learned. But I can tell you that along the way, I kept thinking to myself, I am only here in this town for one reason. I want to understand this content. I am not here so that for the rest of my life I can be held hostage to two or three television networks and a handful of cable outlets. There were many cable stations, but only a few that really mattered. There was the Discovery Channel with Steve Burns over there, and there was, you know, uh, the History Channel. Uh, at that point, it was still minor, but a and was coming on strong, and Michael Cassio was the key guy at buying programming there. And I looked all around the marketplace, and I just said, you're going to be held hostage here. Uh, but the day will come when distribution will somehow overcome these limitations, and this concentration of power is going to change. And when it does... It's going to impact everything. So we stayed in California. We produced a lot of programming. We won some pretty significant awards, thankfully. And, uh, and then we went right back and focused on the distribution piece, which we've been doing for several years with our research, some of you know from reading the journal issues. It's almost hard for me to believe that we're at a different point now. I have longed for the time when, when bandwidth would allow us to truly use video in the way that it could enable the Internet experience. I've watched people get excited, and move too fast, and do things they shouldn't do. And finally, I've seen it come—I think really—and in, 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 what seems to me it's almost—it feels like overnight—video has completely revolutionized the experience for many people on the internet. And uh, I certainly didn't foresee the impact of podcasting and, and the concept of the iPod. We thought that perhaps there would be a means to distribute in a personal some some form of uh, carrying content with you that would personalize the experience, but uh, no one could have foreseen what was going to happen at Apple. <laughs> in those days, I didn't think Steve Jobs would ever be back at Apple. Everything has changed, and uh, we have begun a major project uh, researching those applications for us. Today, those that are concerned about distribution and marketing, and we have a person who works in our staff, named Jolly Hartman. He's brilliant. Built a large internet group before he began to do research with us. Uh, frankly, he still owns his stake in that internet group and is conducting research with us constantly because he's uh, he's deeply uh, interested in this um, in the content. He's deeply interested in the concept research and uh, honestly, I think he's I think he's unusually gifted. And he's overseen this project and he's going to be talking through the beginning of some of these slides. I'm going to let him just. Uh, pick up and take off, and we'll probably interact together. I open this up. By the way, for any of my other staff members that feel like they have something to add that have worked on these projects, there's several of us on the line, uh, a number of our key analysts. But uh, Jalali, uh, let me turn this over to you, and you can continue.
1: Okay, thanks, Um First of all, this is a one of the <clears throat> one of the more fun research projects I've done just from the. Uh, perspective of the fact that we're dealing with almost an entirely new media. What the what video is doing just for us as marketers and just as a as users of the internet in general is it really adds a new dimension to the internet. Whereas before it was two two dimensional with graphics and text, we now have this new media that we can use to uh, you know be entertained and to help understand uh, information and more quickly absorb information. And personally, I'm not. This is a personal preference. I I prefer to watch a video rather than read something online. Um, I'll I'll probably watch six or eight videos, news, and different types of things when I come in the morning. So, anyway, Jalali, um, people are asking if you could please speak up a little
0: bit. Okay.
1: Yeah. How's the volume on that? Is that any better?
0: Seems pretty clear to me, Jalali. Uh, Just to speak reasonably loud, and uh, I'll listen carefully and uh, let you know if I hear any feedback issues, too. Okay.
1: So basically, if we look at, and a lot of you have probably probably started on the internet, you know, ten or fifteen years ago when it sort of um, emerged as a marketing uh, channel. You know, essentially, if we look at the evolution from when we first started, it started out was everything was free. Um, natural search was, you know, you could I remember it is when you could actually instantly go to the top of a natural search engine, you know, within a day or two, and start getting tons of uh, traffic. What happens was it sort of evolves um, with all of the venture capital and people get a little bit more serious. Um, paid search became a you know a way where natural search was really competitive. Um, ROI was more important to people. User-driven content became popular. With the dot-com burst. Um, people stopped offering everything for free. And, and as marketers, uh, we had to get a little bit more serious about what we were doing. And now we're sort of in a, an era... Um, where search, paid search, and natural search is almost a commodity. If you're not doing that well, you really need to start doing that well pretty quickly. Um, we're finding that testing is marketing. That's sort of the same thing. ROI is really driving the marketing. Nothing is free. Spam's pretty much gone, or is not really effective. And, and two of the things that I think we talked about when we first started is that viral marketing is now, you know, really one of the most um, powerful ways to market online we 're going to talk a little bit about social marketing, uh, but really it 's what the internet was designed for, and multimedia is mainstream and that's you know that 's really permanently because of the adoption of broadband. so Mike can go to the next slide. Um, I just wanted to give a little bit of background on why we decided to do this research in the first place and then get into the actual research so uh, i 'm sure a lot of you have seen broadband adoption at home. Um, is growing, depending on what the report you look at it, would, you know, we see that 40 to 50% of the houses in the U.S. have broadband, and we're starting to see that sort of uh, trend across the world um, in some of the more developed nations. If you can go to the next one. Um, you'll see, like you'll see that, um, you know, at work, i like to say it's it's now much easier to waste time at work. Um, we can almost watch TV at work, and I'm, you know, I know that a lot of people uh, a lot of people previously had been using Work for like instant messaging that type of thing. and Now we have something more that we can uh, do, Mike. So if you just go to the next slide. Um, so we're at, one of the numbers we're looking at right now. It's uh, anywhere between 10 and 15, or 80 to 90 percent uh, adoption at, at workplaces for broadband. Um, go to the next slide, Mike. Uh, this is an interesting thing. If we look at if we look at sort of media uh, or rec- you know, use of people's use of people's time, this was a study that Omnicom put out in September of 2006. And essentially, uh, they took they took an average U.S. family. I don't know the exact size of the family, but they broke it down to what the, that family spends their time doing each day. And what we've seen recently is sort of a switch from watching television to be one of the uh, most um, the largest you know, extracurricular activity to now recreational internet surfing and online chat. And this is important because of the... Uh, one of the reasons it's important is it's, it's sort of already reaching levels with a billion people online. It's reaching levels in less than a decade that it took almost, um, you know, it took like 50 or 60 years for TV to get to. And so we're starting to see this inflection of people. They now have another screen in their homes to watch, and the internet is really um has passed t v in the u s and in Europe and different places, and it gives it sort of changes the way it's as advertisers we think about this. So if you just go to the next slide, Mike, um, I put this in here because this, everybody's been, probably heard about the YouTube acquisition after one year um of being in business, they were acquired for one point six five billion or something along those lines by Google. And what I wanted to point out in this is if you look at what I've graphed is over the last year, MySpace, CNN.com, and eBay, and you can see the blue line is YouTube. So starting from almost zero, starting from zero, um, about a year ago, is now getting more traffic than uh, any of those properties, and that is primarily um, due to we're going we're gonna to see in a chart just in our own video the, the growth that this type of stuff has in terms of people passing these things around to people. And um, if you go to the next slide, Mike. So we actually had a, there was two parts to this research, and this is, uh, <clears throat> this is the, we're answering sort of the two questions in this. First is, how can viral videos be used by marketers to drive traffic to a website? So essentially, you know, whereas you have a lot of, Individuals out there who have crazy little videos and they're getting viewed millions of times, um, I think the question commercially is what is there an application for that? Yeah, YouTube gets a lot of traffic, but can we use that as marketers you know is there is there a, a real is there real potential out there to drive traffic? The second part of this that we're not going to get into is how can you use video to increase conversion or to sell a product or service and we'll be talking about it a little later. but essentially. There's millions of these short video clips out on the web. Um, some of them are professionals. Some of them are amateurs. Some of them are professionals who are pretending to be amateurs. Um, but essentially, they publish the video clips for fun um, and put them, distribute them out to these sites: Google Video, YouTube, Yahoo Video, MSN, Facebook, MySpace. Um, and what's happening is just tens of millions of people are watching these videos each day. And we're interested primarily in: Could we do this? Could we? go out there, sort of, uh, you know, intentionally create viral videos and use it to drive traffic back to your website. So if you go to the next slide, Mike.
0: Charlie, so I may jump in on a, on portions of this, but uh, as you're going through, as we're getting into the main experiment itself, because of my interest here, but you keep going. Okay.
1: So just sort of, I want to set, set the experiment up, what we did for this first um first part of the project was we created 28 videos ranging in length from 15 seconds to 8 minutes. Um, Each video had a a short promotion at the end of it. So something basically said, here's a URL where you can see more videos like this or join or buy or visit our website. Um, We went out intentionally and tried to produce this on the lowest possible budget. Um, We we, we acquired a um, not a not a professional camera, but sort of a prosumer video camera with an external mic. You could probably do this the same type of production with a um, you know the, your standard camcorder. We create we purchased off the shelf video editing software for a PC, and then went out and started filming and um, just you know basically editing all of this stuff ourselves. Total estimated investment of this project for all 28 videos um, was $9,600.
0: Now, can I just, uh, Jalala, I want to comment on that and just point out something. We produced, you know, uh, for the networks in California, and my typical camera costs there for a Betacam were, you know, upwards of $150,000, you could spend over $200,000. An Avid Editor Suite, again, $75,000 just to uh, get into the game. We, I, I cannot believe how minimal budget is these days and I, I, I point it out because this changes the dynamics of the opportunity. It gives you ways to test. It sounds like producing twenty eight videos was a difficult thing. It, it was done over how long a period of time, Jwali? Well hundred and twenty hours.
1: Yeah, it was approximately thirty days.
0: And uh and and so you do hundred and twenty hours of filming and post production. You spend ninety six hundred dollars on equipment. uh and 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 additional cost, and the next thing you know, you have these videos out there working for you. The question becomes: Number one, what's the impact of that? But number two, I just I want to point out that anything like this a few years ago would have cost you. I mean, one hour of television. Your your budget's over one point five to two million dollars. So, and the difference is, it's not. And it's not just the talent that the editorial. All of these things are so expensive. And these videos are amateur. We've produced professional quality videos, but even the amateur grade is remarkably clean and crisp in terms of uh, the resolution, etc. Of course, the Internet uh, makes things simpler because of its resolution limitations. Go ahead, Jalali. Okay,
1: so you go ahead and uh, next slide, Mike. Uh Okay, so just again, going into the actual experiment itself, the, the the videos that we shot were on a variety of different topics. They were primarily either comedy um, or some sort of spoof on, on some existing video that was out there, or they had to do with today's social, economic, political issues. So they were, it's more like a personal blog type, you know, getting people's opinions on things, that type of thing. And, um, they really were. They were almost entirely just. Um, they were just. They were almost entirely filmed and or uh, shot with using like amateur actors. There was no professional actors or anything like that. We did have one case while we were out shooting where we actually ran into a, a professional musician, uh, Ben Harper. That was completely random and actually. If, if you're thinking that video sort of skews the results we're going to look at, that video is actually getting seen less than some of them just are more you know, generic videos. Um, but essentially what we did is we uploaded these 28 videos to YouTube and Google Video, which are two of the main uh, places where you can host and distribute viral videos or videos that you've made. Um, and there's, if you haven't done that, essentially it's pretty straightforward. You upload it and then you can place a um, URL next it your people can click, and that's how we're... Um, that's, that's how we generate traffic back to our site. So if you go to the next page, that's
0: energy, energy.
1: Okay, so essentially what we found was that, um, the, you know, essentially these videos, what we found is that the videos generated a lot, uh, a considerable amount of traffic per video and a considerable amount of traffic back to our website. But what we did was all the videos were amateur on purpose. We didn't um do anything overly professional. Um, they're all again they're all humorous or related to current world events. And then um we started we started this I guess in the first part of August and have have kept them running through um October. And you can see samples to the samples that we did of videos that we did um, actually on our blog marketing experiments blog Go to the next slide Mike. And this is what we found, and uh hopefully you may want to comment on some of this, but essentially, just to summarize this, the growth of this, so we created these videos, and we've done nothing since we uploaded them and created them, and uh created them, and uploaded them and put them on these on these two different sites and as you can see in August, all the videos generated eighty eight thousand views so um in september two hundred thirty five thousand views and then in, in october, um which just ended we had just as many views in october as we did in august and september combined and then november is on the same path so so if you sort of extrapolate this out what what's happening is with little with no additional work, no additional production costs, uh these videos are out there, they're growing in popularity. Um, october they more than doubled what they did the two previous months before. Now if you look at the next the next row uh row this clicks through to the site, you see that we were we're getting roughly Uh, 1.3% of people who watch these videos are clicking through. Um, So, Over the period of 120 days, we're projected to do 1.2 million views um, on on our videos, minimal investment, and essentially we've created a marketing network that seems to be growing exponentially. There is no additional work involved or cost involved.
0: I'm going to just comment on this. I'm sure many of you have questions about this. You can keep keep sending your questions. In a few moments, we're going to start to take answers Staff members are already trying to keep up with the questions. There are hundreds of people on this phone call. But in case it's not clear, and I think has presented it uh, very well, what's remarkable here, and he'll talk about the click-through rate and its comparison in a second, but please note this, Um A $9,600 investment translating into 1.2 million views over a 120-day period, and it's continuing to grow. What will it do in the 120-day period thereafter? We can't even project it yet. We're we're testing it. Uh, We've been able to give you solid projections for November, but we're wanting to see what happens during the holiday season, what it looks in January and February, and this is without adding a new layer each month. If we were to spend the same $10,000 in the second and the third month, how would this aggregate, Jalali? What? Let me just ask you because I know you were the analyst who oversaw this project. What surprised you the most in the process?
1: Um, I think what surprised me is just the uh, first of all the, the number of views that we got for, for such minimal investment. Some of these videos were literally, you know, five seconds long and. They were getting 15 to 20,000 views in a day when they launched, and they were getting past, you could almost see them getting spread around the Internet. Um, the other thing that really surprised me was the click rate, and um, just the fact, the fact that people were clicking through to the site, just the amount of sort of community that was built around these videos.
0: Show us that next slide and talk about that, Jalali.
1: Okay. So if you see see the uh, on this chart, and we can go ahead to the next one, um, the we're averaging about a, a 1.28% click-through. So where I showed you before, next to the video, in, on both YouTube and Google Video, um, you can actually put a URL back to your site, um, and we measured how many people click through off of those links. And what we did is we compared it to standard banner advertising click-throughs. So double um, DoubleClick got a report where they said, you know, the average click-through for a traditional 468 by 60 banner, uh we generate about a 0.17% percent click through. And if you look at that and compare that to our videos, our videos get a one point two eight percent click. So about seven point five times the number of clicks in, in traditional banner advertising. And that the, you know, the, that would be that would be impressive enough with just if it was just if we were just comparing like one campaign to another campaign. But the the viral videos are growing. So it's not like banner advertising where we had to buy we bought a certain amount of traffic. They're actually growing. They're out there. We're continuing to um, get traffic from all over the world. Um, our sites are growing in traffic. It's just really kind of interesting
0: to watch the spread of all of this. It's remarkable. So all of you, I, I know that you've been thinking along with other strategists that we have here, working with the uh, with our analysts as to what the implications of our. This has, for those of us that are trying to understand video as a component of a social media optimization strategy. Do you want to just continue to talk and and move through some of the lessons that we're learning from that? Before you do, I'm going to let us, I want us to stop and take some questions to but if you'll uh, kind of be prepared, we're going to move there in just a moment. As the questions are coming in, let me just try to pick some of these and, and answer them for you or have someone here that can answer them for you. Uh did you test out any Google video ads? Is a question from uh, Melissa. You want to comment on that, Jalali?
1: Uh, no, we have not tested any any direct like video advertisements.
0: Okay. Um, do you uh, anticipate a decline after some period of time? In I know that this is a projection, and I had some thoughts on that, but I'd be interested in what you think, Jalali.
1: What we're seeing is we're seeing a decline in individual videos. Um, yes. Some of them that had to do with, say, current events or things like that have definitely declined. We had a couple that had to do—they were spoofs on other popular videos at the time—that um, were seeing a decline. But what we're seeing is this, and I can't quite. I can't quite understand or explain why it's happening. What we're seeing is an overall increase in total video views. So it's, um, what's happened is I think both of these sites have ways for you to sort of subscribe to a particular, you know, producer, that type of thing. And I think what's happening is it's, they're getting – one is getting passed around, people are then going in and watching multiple videos at the same time. <laughs>
0: um All right. Well, so let's finally move on. I'm wa- I'm, we're moving through more questions, but go ahead and and talk to us more about what you're learning from the standpoint of optimizing for uh, social media strategy.
1: Okay, so, Mike. If you go to the next slide, essentially what what this boils down to is you know, the whole internet is really based around search. So you're either searching a marketplace or you're searching a search engine, you're searching a website uh, for information. Whether it's and what this what this essentially does is video becomes one of those means that people are searching and um, you can optimize your video the same way that you'd optimize your website for search or for browsing. Um, the difference is that this is this involves something called so, social media optimization which has more to do with um, what the what the community how the community ranks your content than any kind of algorithm. Um, so essentially you know the important thing to to understand here is that you know your the, the users of this um, are determining what is the most popular, and that's why that's why these sites are growing so quickly, and that's why um you know literally a story just in the course of doing this I ran across a artist um, I think her name was Tara Naomi, and she was a musician. I saw her on YouTube. I ordered a CD. It came in a little, like, envelope, looked like she had handwritten. Um, a month later, I saw that she has a full album out and, um, you know, has been on all kinds of different news specials Has an agent. You know, that type of thing, you know, if you think about it, it is, uh there's never been a time like that where people could do that type of thing, and it's all because the community, all because essentially one person saw it, they liked it, they ranked it, and the next passed it on to the next person. So if you go to the next, next slide, Mike,
0: Jalali, uh, what he's doing there, there's a question relevant to that slide I'm thinking about. Uh, Someone's asking, they're not clear. They said they thought that YouTube would be the big opportunity. Where else does it have to appear to get the huge exposure that we received uh, and that we discussed in the earlier slides?
1: Um, Well, to be completely honest with you, Google Video, we get almost double the views per video that we do on YouTube. Um, And there's a couple of reasons for that. One is that videos show up in Google's main search engine. Um which is something that youtube doesn't have the the just if what we 've seen in terms of rankings after YouTube and Google Video, you have MySpace, which has a pretty um, extensive video uh, search search database, and then you have Yahoo video, which is a fairly new property, and then the newest one is uh, MSM soapbox, which just came out of beta, mm-hmm. and so essentially all of those put together. You know, it's like uh, any other kind of, like all the other portals like put together in terms of search. Uh, but Google definitely seems to be the most effective in terms of traffic right now.
0: Somebody has pointed out, and I think legitimately, that CTR is no longer a valid measuring unit for online retailers of products and services. I mean, to some extent, what really counts is how many CTRs actually paid money to buy something. And I think, I think that's a reasonably valid point, but you must understand that in order to conduct the nature of this experiment, which is over multiple months and which we'll also be testing many aspects of conversion as they relate to actual purchases. This first phase we're releasing to you because we think it's significant enough that you may want to pay attention. The reality is, it's still remarkable to aggregate this much traffic and to do so with with such a small investment and to see it growing uh, exponentially. As to how profitable this traffic will be, we need to conduct more tests, and we'll certainly be releasing more results from the tests that we're already involved with and that we are planning, and I hope that you'll find that information useful as you're thinking through your own strategy. There are other tests we're doing, too, that are connected to using video to improve conversion. In the old days, people thought that streaming audio, actually uh, was rather offensive, and in most cases it was if it came in and loudly interrupted a user, although we found tests that indicated it actually increased sales. That might increase sales but hurt the brand, and some of us need to be very cognizant of the difference between a sales gain and a marketing loss, but it sometimes could help, but in general, we recommended against it for what it did to your brand, and also in many cases, it mitigated against conversion. People clicked off the site. Today, we need to ask ourselves when people come to the site, uh, do we leave, does the audio interrupt the experience and begin talking with them along with video in some type of window, or is it an optional sale? And what can we do to improve conversion rates? Uh, Jalali and I were talking this past week about something that connects to this whole experiment, and that is that you go into a, you go into a, sh- a mall or a shopping store and, and, and your conversion is much higher. The average person that goes into the store buys something traffic may be more targeted. But are we settling for anemic conversion rates at 1% and half of 1% and 2% on the average landing page, when there are ways that we should be converting at a much higher level, And we just uh, have lowered our expectations based on our early failures? We've got some experiments with that connected to adding personality to the website through the use of video that we want to talk to you about in uh, some future research. So more questions are coming in. Please know we're trying to answer them, but there are, I'm estimating, more than a 100 coming at me right now, so we won't be able to answer all of them. Uh, if you've just joined us, this is a webinar, uh, a web clinic with MEC Labs. I'm Flint McLaughlin, and Jalali Hartman is the Senior Analyst, Director of Strategy, and has overseen a video research project, and we're asking him to uh, comment on that project now. We've moved through the data of an initial test. Very preliminary, but we still thought it would be worthwhile. Um, so having moved through the data, we're talking about the implications for those of us who are thinking about SMO, or what people are calling social media optimization. Go ahead, Jalali.
1: Okay, well, in terms of social media optimization, there's, we're actually trying to develop a, uh, a formula that allows the marketer to sort of describe what goes into social media optimization. I know a lot of us, for me, um, I felt like I was just sort of starting to get the hang of search engine optimization, and now we have this new media that we have to understand. Um, but it's, 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 there's actually a lot of similarities between optimizing optimizing for social media and optimizing for a search engine. Um, but one of the things that we know is important and which makes social social optimization so uh, so important is that it's it's easy. Um, depending on how easy something is to pass uh, pass around, um, sort of determines how like how how much viral growth you're going to get out of it. So, for example, one of the reasons the internet is so good for viral marketing is that forwarding an email is is about the easiest thing you can do. And furthermore, if you receive a forwarded email from one of your friends or somebody that you know, you're you're very much more likely to open that and actually read it and take action on it. So, what these sites have done they sort of built into um, their systems are these ways for people to very easily distribute their distribute content or share content. If you go to the next slide, Mike, we'll take a look at an example of that. And I'm going to move through this um, so we can get to some of the questions. Um, what you see on the, on the right-hand side of your, your screen, first of all, is essentially it's a screenshot from a, from a Google video site. And you see there, there's this email blog post to MySpace. Uh, button, and what that does is it allows anybody to just literally with a click of a button, uh, automatically send a link to this video to their friend, which is is where some of the spread comes from, to uh, instantly add it to their blog. And there's a number depending on which site you're on. Um, you know, usually you know it's, it's compatible with like Movable Type or you know, um, WordPress or that type of thing, and then post it to a MySpace account. So what happens is people are going around. They see something they like, and they 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 can first of all rank it and sort of tag it themselves, and then second, um, post it to the either distribute it to their own their own community or add it to an additional website. And what happens is, the popular you know popular videos get high rankings, are spread around, downloaded, and the next thing you know, you have um, you know just 1.2 million people watching 28 videos that you created for. Ninety-six hundred dollars. The second part of this is um, you've probably seen this on a lot of blogs. You know, instant links. It's very similar to what like a Google Video or, or YouTube is doing, where you can actually you know add this to a search engine or add it to a social networking site um, just with a click of a button. And so, what's happening is the the content that's that's out there on the web. Um, if we go back to sort of like a Web Point one where there really was no filtering, it was pretty much Whoever could manipulate the search engines, the algorithm, the best get shown the most. Um, it's changed now to whatever the community, whatever the world thinks is the best content, sort of rises to the top, and it gets categorized and indexed by the community itself. So, uh, if you go to the next slide, slide Mike. So the voting and rating process is an integral part of almost of, of all of these social networking sites. Um, YouTube is focused on short videos, Google has has longer videos. Both of them have uh, both professional and amateur amateur content up there, but essentially the way that their engines work is the ones that get watched the most, the ones that get the highest rankings, the ones that get the most comments automatically rise to the top of those sites. So it's sort of a it becomes almost a democratic process where the best, you know, the best content Gets viewed the most, and that's where that's where we you get the viral viral growth. If you can get a video out there out there that starts getting watched and people like and they're or don't like in some cases, um, it doesn't really matter, and uh, they automatically not only get passed around to other people through email and chat and different things like that, but they also they also um, sort of rise to the top of each of those sites. It's where you see if you go to YouTube, you see the recently featured or the Top 100 on Google, those types of things. Um, so, in other words, social me- social media search is driven not by algorithms, but by, po- but by popular vote. Um, and it's just important that you understand this. There is there are definitely algorithms that go into it. For example, you can have different keywords in your titles. You can name the video certain things. You can tag the video certain ways, um, so that it can be you know people can browse to it easily or find it easily. But essentially, it's what you know what people like the most gets watched the most. So if you go to the next slide, Mike, um, this is an example. This is a, a YouTube video uh, that CBS put up there, and you, you're starting to see the different networks, and particularly professional musicians and different people like that, using these sites to build brand and build audience. Um, but, but you see in, in the lower left of the screen, there's a couple different things. There's the, the rating system, so one through five rating, um there's the ability to add it to your favorites there's the ability to become part of a, a group uh, uh with this type of video um to po- you can easily post this video to your site or share it with your friends any like a, a list of friends um you can actually even flag a video as inappropriate so if there's something that is you know um, you know adult or just somehow not appropriate users can actually actually sort of self filter that stuff um you can you can it ba- it's based on this. Like this video would get ranked on YouTube based on how many sites are linking into it, how many times it's been rated, how many times people have commented on it, and how many times it's been watched. Um, so, essentially, again, the audience is determining what it, what is relevant relevant content. Which what it does is Nick or uh, Flint talked earlier about being sort of held hostage by a couple of networks or television stations. So what it does is. It allows anybody that has, you know, creative content to sort of rise to the top and get an extremely significant amount of, um, you know, amount of visibility. So, um, if you go to the next uh, next slide, Mike.
0: Somebody's asking Jalali about the 18 honors. There are 18 honors at the bottom of this video. You want to comment on that?
1: Yeah. What YouTube does is essentially honors. Honors just basically have to do with um it shows how the video is doing in relation to all the other videos. So the honors yeah. in this case have to do with it might have been like the most viewed video in comedy that day or it might be the most linked in video. Um and again that goes that goes as far as I can tell that goes into how YouTube displays their, their content. Things with yes. the most, most honors sort of and so that's that's where the, the viral growth comes from is once you start to get some activity like that sort of built on itself the next thing you know um, I've seen videos go from zero to a million views in one day on YouTube so um, it really has to do with just this the social yes Uh,
0: some of you have talked also about some volume issues uh, particularly with my microphone Uh, we're on the same system and we don't discern that Uh, if that's still an issue or if it's better would you please uh, just drop me a quick note here we're watching as you're chatting with us so that we can make this as comfortable for you as possible. I would point out that on the issue of conversion, uh, one of our long-time uh, readers, in fact, let me just see if I can pull this off. Uh, another one that we just uh, talked with said that they did a, a video assist sales tool for a DR product, and they saw conversion rates increase by 180%. Now, I haven't seen the data on that. It points to a different angle on the video opportunity, not only for this viral spread and the opportunity to get click-through, but it's actual pure assist in the conversion process. Can I point out an experiment we're also getting ready to do? Because we're looking both macro and micro. You know, We, we conduct primary research, and we're trying to understand these key elements. We're also going to be uh, running an experiment. We use it during the order process in order to overcome any hurdles connected to people giving you their credit card. We think there's some fascinating data and opportunities there. Uh, I think, Jelali, uh just in the few minutes that we have remaining, we'll have to do this briskly, but you were going to, to talk about five or six key insights that we've gathered. Let me let you do that, and uh, and then if we have time, we're going to try to answer just a few more questions at the end. Go ahead, Okay, Paul.
1: sure. Uh, well, essentially, there's a couple of things to keep in mind that we know. We, we obviously haven't figured all of this out, and this is a very new uh, way to market, but there's a couple of things we know. First thing is the shorter, shorter videos seem to be uh, working very, better primarily because you, you really need people to make their way through the entire video before they're going to pass it on to someone else. Um, I've seen I've seen people use a combination of short videos and longer, more like feature-type videos once they've built an established audience, but essentially to get that viral spread going, you need to keep something that's you know, reasonably short sure that people can even keep their attention span. So. Um, the second, the second step is basically ensuring that the video is interesting, entertaining, pro- provocative in some way. Um, that's definitely one thing we're finding. You can absolutely use videos to like explain your product or service, to use you know to support your sales force and that type of thing. But if you're looking for viral spend, spread it, it should have you know something that either is making people laugh or cry or make them mad or. Um, you know, just sort of make them and we honestly some of the best videos that we've had people absolutely hate it, it all, they almost annoy people um, and we get a lot of comments about wow I wish I could get this 30 seconds back in my life and that thing after watching it but the thing about it is that they end up passing it to someone else regardless so um, the next thing is, is sort of being careful especially as marketers uh, about including commercial promotional content no one likes um, and we get a lot of comments like this. We get a lot of comments on this where people said, "You know, the worst thing on the internet is people trying to create a viral video or trying to pretend like they're someone else and get a lot of spread." Um, so you have to, especially as marketers. And if you look at some of the ones that have been most successful, um, they almost—it's almost hard to tell that it's a—it's a real advertiser at first. Uh, I believe that this may—it may change a little bit once people get more—you know—get more used to actually watching ads and that type of thing. Um, but you know, be, be real careful to keep it entertaining, keep the sales message out of it, and almost keep it a um, you know a fun kind of thing. That the goal of this, the objective of, of a viral video, is to get people to pass it around. It's not necessarily to sell the product right there. So, if you go to the next slide, Mike. Um, the next thing, obviously, is don't create, don't plan on creating just one video. The first probably six or eight videos that we did, we um, honestly just about sort of gave up on this because it was we were putting a lot of time into filming these and cutting them and we thought they were funny or we thought they were entertaining and absolutely nobody watched them. And we thought, Well what's the secret here? And then finally one day we uh came into work and wanted one in one of the videos that literally we just made on a, as a joke, um, you know, one day before leaving work, got you know, thirty five thousand views over the night and so we um you know, just after we sort of understood what went into that, what went into making that one successful, um, you know, we learned a little bit about what to make next.
0: Can I uh, point to that also? Uh, one of the things we're doing, as you know, if you know how we work at the lab, we conduct all this research and we build formulas, indexes that we use in our uh, processes and growth engine and technology. And these formulas codify a process. And one of the things we've been building, which we want to share and, Email me if you think you'd find this interesting or not email me, but uh, chat with us here we've actually built a formula that more or less predicts the viral uh, impact of a given product on the net it's It's a fairly uh, it's fairly elaborate but not that difficult to understand and I thought about teaching uh, on one of these sessions and using this formula to help you understand if you get this formula right, you'll understand how to turn uh you know something that's an opportunity into a into an a magnified opportunity through viral impact and it won't just be an accident. It'll be because you intentionally planned it that way. I think you'd find it fascinating. We're still we're still fine tuning it and testing it, but it it may be one of the most important formulas that we've developed here. Go ahead, Jalali.
1: Okay. Well just in terms of the, the formula, the last point of this Sort of ties into that. Um, I talked a little bit about what makes a good viral video or what makes a good viral campaign in general, and one of the key variables in that is how easy something is to pass around. And obviously, the internet just automatically sort of lends itself well to that. These these social networking sites make it even easier. Um, But the second piece of it that we're finding is is how many people you're sort of priming the whole system with. So, say for example, you have a email list with a million people, and you send out this viral video and you know, you're gonna you're gonna naturally get more, um, you know, more spread out of that because you're starting with a million people. One thing that we found with these videos that was kind of interesting, that has um, definitely had a positive impact, is actually including people in the videos themselves. Um, the uh, we've we've done we've done a lot of interviews, and every time we do an interview, a crowd gathers. People um, people write down the address where they can go actually see themselves. What happens is they appear, and so they end up sending their friends. say, here's a video that I appeared in, and you sort of start to see the spread. There was a real creative thing that was done. Um, I, I can't remember exactly who he did it. was where 100 people went into Home Depot, and at a, at a sort of uh, synchronized time, they all stopped moving, and somebody secretly filmed the whole thing. And so what happened was, you know, obviously all the people that worked at Home Depot and all the other people that were there were sort of wondering what was going on. But those 100 people then left that place. I'm um, excited about being a part of this, went and emailed all of their friends about this video they were in and they say no, you know, it was getting watched millions of times. So um this is something just to think about if you guys are marketers potentially using your customers, using that community to uh um, sort get you know, let them spread it around themselves. It's definitely something that we're we're finding. So um I think that's most of the points. If you want to go to the next slide, Mike. Um, so finally, I think just sort of in conclusion, this we have this new medium to work with. Broadband is finally at a place where you can serve video easily on your website or uh, create small videos, short videos like this, and distribute them out to different places. And um, coupled with this new connectedness of all these social media networks, so YouTubes and Google and um, you know the MySpaces of the world, it really gives us an opportunity as, as marketers to – get a lot of generate a lot of awareness for um, our brand for our products um, the click throughs you know initially look like they're higher than traditional advertising i agree with whoever commented that the motivation of that buyer might be a little bit different someone that clicks on a banner ad is probably more inclined to buy from you than someone that just finds a funny video and wants to see more of them um, but the question is it really just becomes uh, it really becomes a numbers game and if you can get um, a lot of traffic, and if you can get a lot of, you know, a fairly high percentage of those people coming back to your site, there's always a way to monetize that traffic, either in the form of, you know, some kind of even just something basic like a newsletter or actually sell on a product or service. And that's sort of the second phase of this experiment is we have, you know, we're, we're going to actually be try to understand if we can monetize these people. Um, from a branding perspective, it seemed to be pretty pretty effective. Sorry, go ahead, Flynn.
0: No, that's good, Charlie. Um, I think you've done a splendid job, as well, on, on this first phase of research. There is much more coming. You know, some of you are asking about the PowerPoint. Every one of you that have registered for this conference should be a subscriber of our journal. I think you're automatically a subscriber as part of being part of the conference. You have to be to to, to attend the conference. And so you should get the full report. It's the, uh, we use this your feedback to improve it a final time, and then within the next seven days, it'll be released. You should get it in your email. Watch for it. Make sure your filters are not stopping you from getting journal issues. If you haven't received a journal issue in the last, uh, you know, eight weeks, something's wrong. Uh, you should receive two this month from us plus a summary report each month, and every one of them is the results of, of, you know, from our various experiments. And so watch for that, and you'll have all of this plus more information that we didn't actually talk about in, at this time. I want to point out for you also that um, we're going to be doing a series of of clinics on this subject as we we glean more information, and I think that if you have good ideas for how you'd like us to conduct research, key issues, please chat with us as we close this. Take a few moments and chat your ideas in, and do me one more favor. The best way for me to know if we're doing something here that's helping you is to invite you to please uh, send us a note to tell us if you found this helpful. All of these conferences are free. We're not selling you anything. We just want the community of marketers to work together to solve some of these issues. Um, So with your input, we'll do a better job of planning our tests so that they're relevant to your needs. And also with your comments about this presentation, it will help us to know if you found it worth the time that you invested. Uh, We're grateful for your trust. We're going to keep working hard. And uh, I want to especially thank Jalali Hartman for, uh, once again, uh, <laughs> putting together a, a fascinating research project. Thank you. We'll be back in two weeks with another clinic just like this. Watch our site so you can register for that also. I'm watching, by the way, I'm watching all these responses that are coming in. I have six monitors in front of me. or Yes, I do. And, and we will print everything you say here, and then we'll literally... Go through the log and study your comments so that we can make the next issue better and we can get the next clinic better. Thank you again. We'll talk to you next week.